Hello, I'm Matthew Schneeman, and this is my ringtone. A lot of people don't pick up their phones anymore, but I do. Not because I'm too cool for texting, or painfully uncool, but because if I miss my co-host's call, I can't call him back. Why? Because he's in prison. And he's been in prison for the past 42 years. In that time, he's become a poet and a journalist. This show is about his poetry. We read a poem, put it in context, and then at the end of the show, we reread it. And hopefully this time, goddammit, you do like it. Spoon and I talk through letters, but mostly it's by phone. This is Global Tell Link. You have a prepaid call from... This service is annoying. Say or dial five now. And I've spent a lot of time listening to this automated operator. This is Global Telling. You have a prepaid call from Spoon. You have a prepaid call from Spoon. Prepaid call from Spoon. Call from Spoon. Call from Spoon. From Spoon. Always hearing the same old spiel. But today, we made a breakthrough. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. Thank you for using... Ready? This is Global Telling. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. See if you can notice the difference. Say or dial 5 now. Say or dial 5... Dial five now. Dial five now. Here's the phone hack in real time. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, thank you for using Global Tell Link. What's up, man? You you accepted a call before they said press five. That's true. I I. I jumped up to close my door so it wasn't as echoey, and I thought I didn't have enough time, so I just hit it. So I guess you can skip it. <laughs> yeah, apparently you skipped it. Whoa! <laughs> we learned so much today. <laughs> okay, this is inside baseball, but I think you can relate. When control is taken from you, you latch onto any crumb of control you can get, even if it's just saving two seconds by daftly. And I mean daftly navigating Global Telling's phone menu. On today's episode, Spoon reads a poem about flies. It's my favorite poem of his. And I visit the blooming of the corpse flower which attracts hungry flies and disgusted people. It smells like every time I've smelt a a dead animal on the side of the road. It stung like rotten eggs and rotten meat. Spoon also talks about Tempest Fugit, time, and its odd realities. Yeah, we think we live 70, 80, 100 years, but it all seemed like a moment. It all seemed like yesterday you were 10. All on today's At Night I Fly. Uh, you want to get to work? I thought we was working. We ain't working yet. 
You're recording it? Oh, well, we're recording. Oh, wait, we got to do an introduction, don't we? The introduction. Welcome to At Night I Fly with Mashie Schneeman and Spoon Jackson. Spoon, what do you want to accomplish today? I don't know. Encompass the Ode to the Flies. Yes. Let's get straight to it. We're going to start with yeah. a poem called Ode to the Fly. Most of the poems I pick have to do with themes and stuff that uh, make more sense, but this one I just thought this was a fun poem. Yeah, them flies probably think it's fun to be biting on people. <gasps> Ode to the Fly. I try to like flies. Horse flies, table flies, party flies, picnic flies, and fly flies. When I think I have accepted them and made peace with them, they come buzzing around my ears and mouth. They float around my eyes, nose, and hair. They come like dust spitting up on my soda, pop, bar, and beer cans. They come as unwanted guests, like unwanted neighbors, like relatives at every function, munching on my birthday cake, munching on my pizza, my cherry pie. I want to love all of God's creatures, large and small, past and non-past, but the fly? Maybe God doesn't mind my only loving dragonflies and butterflies. I don't know. I try. Yeah, them flies, they're the ones that lay, some of them, at the ones with the green belly, them ones that lay them maggots. Oh, I know. They're just doing their job, God, but that... you get a sore, and you have one of them flies laying on that sore, and he put his eggs in there, you're going to have maggots all up in you. Ooh, that's gross. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the maggots, check out the At Night I Fly episode on Fat King, the family episode. Fat King, yeah. God, that really that's grossed a... me out. Pig. Yeah, that was sorry. Yeah, I felt sorry for the little piglet. Yeah. yeah, he turned out to be cool. He turned out to be a cool, powerful little runt. What do you think? Uh, what do you think I like about this this poem? Why do you think it stuck stuck out to me? Yeah, probably because it's funny. You <laughs> have sixty seconds remaining. Oh, that's weird. It ain't been fifteen minutes. But yeah. what's happening? Why? So you ain't got no money on the thing? No, no, it's it's fifteen minutes. Um. It's been no damn 15 minutes. We're That's just crazy. having a good time today, I guess. Damn, 15 minutes go that fast? Uh, yeah. I call back. The time ain't what it used to be, huh? Oh. <laughs> to accept this call, say or dial. Yeah, it worked again. You guys <laughs> gotta go fast, I guess. <laughs> I beat it. Right now, they finally are dead or hibernating, but flies only live, uh, what, a day or so, something like that. Yeah, they have a very but short life. Breathe. Yeah, they breathe so damn fast. And I'm sorry, uh, what you just said is a good segue for the feature I'm going to put on this episode. You said the flies have like a very short life, uh, lifespan. Yeah. And I did a piece on something called the corpse flower. Do you know what that is? No, what is it? The corpse flower is this this kind of tropical flower and it's it's really unique it's it's very big uh it's like okay. five it's like four to six feet tall and it's just one yeah. big flower and it's usually in this big tight kind of phallic thing it's awesome every 10 years or something like that exactly and every 10 years it I opens up it. Yeah. and it smells really bad yeah. and it attracts these flies yeah but it only yeah, has about 
24 hours for the flies to pollinate it. Yeah, that's good comparison. That's why it stinks so much. It, it draws as many flies as possible, and no flies go to another one and pollinate that one. Yeah, well, in, in the natural setting, but the one I saw was in Minnesota, so they um, unnaturally or uh, pollinated it. Yeah, that's a big-ass drop. Yeah. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. What I like about it is it mixes time on a very short scale, which is like the flies, which only live a month if or just a couple days, with this plant that only blooms once every like 10 years beautiful this took place at the university of minnesota spring 2019 it smells like every time i've smelt a uh, dead animal on the side of the road it stung like rotten eggs and rotten meat it reminds me of the warming house when i was growing up at Groveland Park, changing my skates. Undergrad student, Adam Katzenetsky. So I can kind of outline its life cycle for you. Um, so first, the amorphophallocyte tannin will go into this leaf stage. Sorry, I have to interrupt. The plant is, is tall, and it, it's kind of a long phallus shape that kind of leans in a weird way. And the name of it is Amorphophallus titanum, which literally means, and I'm not joking, big, weirdly shaped penis. So first, the amorphophallus titanum will go into this leaf stage, um, and that can last anywhere from three to 12 years. Um, we actually have one of those in one of our rooms. The actual flower doesn't stay open for much longer than 24 to 72 hours. Um, and the actual viability of the male flowers and the female flowers within that, that larger structure um, is even smaller than that. There's a small window for the female flowers, there's a small window for the male flowers. Philander, curator of the conservatory. Sorry, I'm, I've been here for 15 days. I'm really tired. What, what do you want me to do? You want to interview me, or what do you want? What do you want to do? I was just stopped by to just okay. venture in charge to say I thought you might have to say, oh, you know, here's what people are missing out on or misinterpreting or something. Well, this like is that. the very end of the last 15 days of what's been going on, so um, it's kind of it's. Faded, it's wilted, so the scent is kind of gone, and yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm. 15. I, I understand. I'm this sorry. Been like the Super Bowl for you. Haven't yeah, you? I'm really exhausted, and I've been here for like 12 hours a day, and I'm. I don't know. I mean, you can ask me questions, but I'm not gonna just wax on because <laughs> I've been doing that, and I'm, I'm done. Tell me what you normally smell. Uh, um. If you think about yesterday, do you remember what smells you smelled? Oh, I would say it's probably the Pond's cream that I put on my mother's face every morning. My own body order? Yeah. Well, what is it? Good, positive, neutral? Um, I think it's pretty positive. A makeup remover. I was just thinking about that. It's a, it's a very scented one, and I'm not going to buy it again because it's smelly. <laughs> <laughs>
not dead ratty, you know, meat, <laughs> you know. Sort of like they got frogs or some other creature that stays in the ground for 10 years and only come out in Africa, I think. Oh, wait. Years. Are you talking about cicadas? No, they're my bugs. But they got fly. I got a frog like that, too, that I think in Africa. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure I saw that. What? Oh, no, I'm just saying that's that's interesting. I, I never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, but it was on a, when I was in a better place, they had a lot of PBS animal programs. I love animals, so I'd be watching them. And they said his drought can last 10 to 15 years and shit. And it rained and they filled up the the dry landscape, the barren land. And let's say, you know, the next night you're hearing frogs. Oh. They come up the barrel into the ground and they stay for a long time. That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is lazy, but as an interviewer, I have to be like, uh, does that sound <laughs> like, does this apply to your life? Do you feel that these these types of hibernation and having to live in like a parallel life does it resonate with you at all well it, uh, the fact that they to do that is it resonates with me because like you said it's very interesting mm. and uh, it shows how marvelous uh, nature is and how all human beings should be of nature and not stop trying to manipulate her and change her and just try to flow with it like the natives be doing like the native Indians did, the native Africans, the native uh, Irish, the native uh, German, if there's such a thing, native, before, you know, man trying to manipulate the environment, the bi- biology, to suit their fancy as if they really are creators. Man is not the creator of the universe or of uh, the earth. talking about pop culture references because you referenced Paris Hilton. Ain't no way in hell you see a little dog that's no bigger than somebody's fist like that girl uh, got, uh, from Hilton. She got a dog no bigger than a fist. And that reference is like 20 years old. Yeah. Because you hey, cut man. off. I'm sorry. It's, Why you keep popping that in, man? I'm not saying I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't saying you did. That's all right. It don't bother me. But, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think who my references are now. My references may be older women sometimes now, too, huh? Older guys. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, Paris is still cool to me, I think. Yeah, why not? Um, But my point is, is do you feel like you're one of those frogs kind of trapped in time waiting to get out? Or do you feel that you experience time differently because you're not connected to, like, the greater culture? Well, I, I figure I'm connected to the culture of uh, the people who are affected by oppression and that culture is is beyond walls and therefore the people that I communicate with like you and Sarah and, and Anya and you know and uh, and uh, 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 name Reiner and my other friends in Sweden and my other friends over the United States keep me in the loop of what culture is and what time is but Time, the secrets of time are hidden from us too, like Beckett said. And so all we could do, you know, again, I can keep telling you, is going back into the moment. 
And when you live in the moment, time really is a thousand of years, a billion years, one year, one second, or nothing. This isn't a fleeting thought, though. Throughout her phone calls, Swoon had said things like this. Last year, his mentor, Judith Tannenbaum, died. Here's what he said when he told me about her death. Yeah. And it, it gets you in tune with the... Because you close your eyes, there's all kinds of worlds that open up to you. You'll see that your body is just a rest stop on spaceless voyages beyond doom. On a spaceless so voyage beyond doom? Yeah, because, you know, that's all, it, that's all it is, is a container. That's all our bodies are. Yeah. And I think Judith understood that, too, because, you know, you, you come in as a baby and then, you know, go back out as a fucking baby where you damn have to wear diapers, everybody, you know, go back out. <laughs> don't make it, it don't even make any sense to me, really. Don't even make any sense. Why would anybody create a world like this where you just live some years and die and it's like a butterfly's wing? You know, we think we lived 70, 80, 50, 60, 100 years, but it all seemed like a moment. It all seemed like yesterday you was 10 or 9 or something. Or 18. Or 18. Just a year before Spoon lost his freedom because of a violent act. Now back to now, which, by the time you listen to this, will be the past. So I don't lose anything by being in, in here as far as uh, time and time since, but it's uh, atrocious that I'm in here for this amount of time that we perceive time to be. It's just atrocious and inhumane for that to exist. To mm. have any individual in any situation like this, but it's based on racism, it's based on sexism, it's based on all kinds of cultural factors that shouldn't come into play when you're dealing with human beings. Mm. I like that you said that because it ties into something I liked about the poem, which is the poem Ode to the Fly is basically you saying, I have the right to dislike things. And people have this overly romantic idea of like someone who's in prison who becomes a monk. And because they come to terms with living in the moment or realness or because they get some fine form of peace, it's assumed that they're not allowed to dislike being in there. But you've said a couple times that like, no, I do not want to be in prison. I don't enjoy it. You can still have a good life. Like you can still like experience beauty and truth and not enjoy being in prison, right? Like you don't have to become a monk and transcend it all. But hardly anyone has become a monk in prison anyway. Oh, to the fly. I try to like flies. Horse flies, table flies, party flies, picnic flies, and fly flies. When I think I have accepted them and made peace with them, they come buzzing around my ears and mouth. They flirt around my eyes, nose and hair. They come like dust spitting up on my soda. Pop, pop, and beer can. They come as unwanted guests, like unwanted neighbors, like relatives at every function, munching on my birthday cake, munching on my pizza, my cherry pie. I want to love all of God's creatures, large and small, past and non-past, but the fly, Maybe God doesn't mind my only loving dragonflies and butterflies. I don't know. 
I try. You have 60 seconds remaining. Should we try to do a conclusion before we run out? Okay, what would we conclude in day? Um, well, it's just, you know, it's always just like a thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Schneeman. Okay. Okay, I, I, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Spoon Jackson, along with Matthew Schneeman. <laughs> Schneeman. Schnee. Schneeman. There we Schneeman. go. I'm Spoon Jackson, along with Matthew Schleeman. <laughs> at night I fly. Did I say it right? Uh, yes, you pronounced at night, at night I fly correctly. <laughs> Spoon's poetry book that we use for the show is called Longer Ago. His memoir, By Heart, which Judith Tannenbaum co-wrote with him, is available through New Village Press. The podcast, in which Spoon works on, Uncuffed, is also available wherever podcasts are found. There's a petition on change.org for Spoon's life sentence to be reevaluated. I'm Matthew Schneeman. I produced and did the music for this episode. Thanks for listening.